Hello and welcome to the What We've Watched podcast. My name is Chris. This is Emmett. And this is episode 342. And this week, we got a twofer, two movies. Double feature. Double feature. Uh, we're looking at two Mel Brooks films here. We've got 1976's Silent Movie mm. and a uh, movie from the following year, 1977, High Anxiety. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I guess we'll go in order. So. Yeah, sure. Uh, silent Movie uh, was written by Mel Brooks, Ron Clark, Rudy DeLuca, and Barry Levinson, and directed by Mel Brooks, mm-hmm. and was released in June of 1976. Mm-hmm. Big summer release. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so um, this was two movies you hadn't seen before, correct? I had not. Yeah. No, I, I feel like in passing through my entire life, I must have seen like a scene or two on TV maybe, mm-hmm. but like... Nothing more than that, for yeah. sure. Silent movie, I don't remember seeing anything of. Yeah. I basically knew nothing about it other than I've seen like the video, like in the video stores, oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. growing up. And, Where it's like, just like, like the silent t- movie, and then him and the aviator yeah, cap. The, the yeah, title, yeah, yeah. and like I knew it was a Mel Brooks movie. I knew there was a Mel Brooks movie called Silent Movie, but mm. up until relatively recently, I didn't even know that Silent Movie was literally a silent movie. Like I had okay, I had seen these movies before, yeah. but like. Probably when I was like when I was much younger. Yeah, um, I had actually forgotten the part. I remember what silent movie was about. Yeah, that, like oh, he's trying to make a silent movie. Uh, I had forgotten that the movie itself was also a silent. Yeah, I mean movie. that was kind of the joke. Yeah, I know. I know. I had somehow completely forgotten that shtick on yeah, the movie because his movies were like, especially up to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe not so much the first couple, but like, but but like from Blazing Saddles. Yeah. You know, because it was like, he kind of like, like Blazing Saddles, then Young Frankenstein, then this. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was very much like his career had been going in this direction of like, sort of spoofing previous, like, eras of. Eras and kind of genres. Like, genres, but in a very sort of general sense. Like, not even that specific of a thing. Because. Well, I mean, that continued through to like, even like Spaceballs, which was a just a huge spoof of like. Like Star Trek, like sci-fi Star in general, Wars, but, but Star yeah. Wars and Star Trek, and yeah. yeah, but um, but with this one, it's kind of interesting because it's kind of like okay, and and I mean, and uh, I come at this uh, somewhat interestingly because I only re- I just recently completed um, oh right, I yeah, listened yeah. to the audiobook of his autobiography, uh, which he did during uh, which he wrote during like lockdown, mm-hmm. um. You know, so it's like ninety-five years, you know, of Mel Brooks's life documented. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, in this yeah. book, and uh, the main thing is, is because he focuses primarily on his career, mm-hmm. and there's sort of like a chapter for each movie. Yeah, right. And so it sort of traces through his career and the developments of, you know. So I I heard the chapter about this movie and mm-hmm. and the next one, um, prior to doing prior to even watching it, basically. Um, and, and it was really interesting because it really made me like, like, okay, now I think this is like definitely something we're talking about. I mean, like, I think any Mel Brooks movie is worth seeing, obviously, but I felt like it was worth talking about Mm -hmm. because how unique this idea was that like, it's the middle of the seventies. He's coming off of these two like huge, huge hits, right? A lot of people don't realize Blazing Saddles and, um, and Young uh, Frankenstein, and Young yeah. Frankenstein actually came out the same calendar year because mm. there was such a quick turnaround that they both actually came out. One came out at the beginning that. of '74, one came out at the end of '74. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, huh. so it was there was so, such a quick turnaround, and um, and so then to go on from that because those were both like massive, massive, and were mm. really kind of put him on the map. 
as like a director like he had been doing it for a bit at that point obviously mm-hmm. but uh nothing on that level and so obviously there's a lot of anticipation for like what his next movie would be yeah and this idea that came up of like making a sort of a tribute to like silent movies and actually making a silent movie but in this day and age yeah this day and age being at the time like mid 70s yeah. mm-hmm. um and what's funny is is because uh he had after kind of his first couple of movies being made very much in a sort of like self-contained, like I'm going to be, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to write this script. I'm going to go make the movie. I'm going to, well, for, I think it was for blazing saddles. He decided to go back to kind of like a more old fashioned, like what he started out in, in, in writing for like TV comedy and mm-hmm. stuff of gathering a writing team together and basically having like a writer's room that everybody's throwing everything out and everyone's like, like contributing yeah, uh, and approaching it that way and writing a movie that way. Um, because he felt like he kind of preferred that method. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, that's what he kind of started doing with, with Blazing Saddles. And that's kind of what led to, you know, this whole big new uh, mm-hmm. stage of his career. So the writers that he brought in for this movie, yeah. um, the, this movie, like the plot of this movie is essentially mirroring exactly yeah. what they really did. But in, in the movie, it's the character that he plays is yeah. like this big Hollywood filmmaker. Mel Fun. Mel Fun. Well, it's hilarious because and it's it's Mel Mel Brooks playing Mel Fun. Yeah. It's Marty Feldman playing uh, Marty Eggs. Marty Eggs and Dom DeLuise Dom, playing uh, playing Dom Bell. Dom Bell. Yeah. Yeah. So, is, yeah. <laughs> so they're basically kind of like versions of themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, it's super self parody. And, 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 right? and so like, Marty Feldman and, and Dom DeLuise are like his sidekicks. Yeah. Well, in reality, it was like the other writers that he wrote the movie with mm-hmm. were kind of like his sidekicks and they were really going around and like meeting up with all these like big stars to like convince them to be yeah, yeah. In, in the movie. And that is the plot of yeah. the movie basically is like, Hey, we're going to make a silent movie. What? You can't make a silent movie in the stage. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. Like that's not going to work. And they're like, well, mm-hmm. what if we get like really big stars? Yeah. And that's literally what they did. Yeah. And that's what they made the movie about. I mean, so, so almost like at the end it has that little, thing at the end of like this is a true story and it's like well no but yeah in a way it kind of is because it's like based on a true story it's it's the 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 basic idea Mm -hmm. is is true you know it's 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 like spoofing itself all the way down yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and it's like and you know what what more mel brooks thing could there be yeah really you know yeah but yeah i mean obviously there's a lot of um physical i mean it's very slapstick yeah because it's but it's a tribute to that exactly you know that style in that era um um, and I mean, there's a lot of clever like uses of um, because there's like sound well, running e- gags, sound well, and gags. The sound effects yes. because like there's sound effects all all over the place, but they're like not like if, you, if this was like a realistic normal sound movie, you wouldn't use sound effects no, like, like that. that no. Like there's completely ridiculous sound effects, it's, but they work because the, of the fact re- that the, the movie sound itself yeah, is exactly. silent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, the sound effects are re- like reminiscent of like like. It's like radio play kind of like level of like <laughs> like we're just gonna do like like absolute bonkers like foley on everything yeah, yeah. and you're just like but like it but doesn't sometimes they don't well because it never sounds like really, the source right yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah, just yeah. it's just synced with it but yeah, it's like yeah yeah, yeah. um 
And, you know, and then, I mean, the highlight of this movie, of course, is them just hitting all the guest stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and how and, they approach I it. mean, like Burt Reynolds. The Burt Reynolds like, stuff He's got the mirrors so everywhere. Cool. He's always, like, checking himself, himself. out. <laughs> in the bit in the shower. in the shower. he's showering. Yeah. And then there's all these there, extra hands. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> They're just in the shower with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> oh, oh. And then, and then the, the, the three of them in the coat. The coat. Yeah. And it's, and it's, yeah, he thinks he's run him over, and it's yeah. like, no, no, it's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, will you be in my movie? Oh, of course I'll be it's in like, your movie. Was he? Because the line is something like, 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 like I have a glandular problem. No, I have a glandular. And I use your phone. Oh, that's it. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like this giant. Yeah. Because it's all of them stacked oh, up. Oh gosh. Yeah, it's so good. Um, the what? and Bancroft stuff yeah. is so good. Uh, oh, who, who's um, uh, oh well, the Lies James Conn. What? Oh, James oh, the Con, Liza Minnelli. Yeah. Oh, the Liza Minnelli with them in the suit night yeah, suits yeah. because it's like a she's in a period piece. Yeah, and then they show up. Oh, and that whole <sighs> bit where like they're trying to get to the and, table and they can't they're get trying the to sit down and everything's just falling oh, apart. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's if you're like like if you don't like that kind of like physical comedy yeah. and we we've, we've actually I can't remember we've done we did another movie that involved a lot of physical comedy a few years ago on the podcast and it was it's sort of the same thing like. Like you probably won't enjoy this yeah. because like that's not your thing. But well, if you it's also enjoy so that, absurd. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's physical comedy, and, and to watch, but then it's like it's spoofed physical comedy. Yeah, and right? then because of course because there's no like normal spoken dialogue. Right. There's nothing to offset. It's like that. I think a lot of people would just have trouble like with like like uh, what is but, how, I, I can't. But why? Yeah. <laughs> but like the the physical comedy of this reminds me me think a lot of. Um, you know those commercials where they're trying to like sell you some useless product but it's like like do you have trouble opening like yeah. bottles of water and it shows a person like throwing <laughs> oh, the water yeah, everywhere like, like, they, like yeah. they absolutely like nobody yeah, would yeah, do that yeah. like that's how the like 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 them in the nights like nobody would approach <laughs> the situation when they pick up the pregnant lady oh, and yeah, the yeah. car just goes Broof. and then they yeah <laughs> again like those kind of gags you know uh, and it has nothing to do with anything. Marty Felvin to keep getting called out as like the pervert. Yeah, like, yeah. Because well, you can't. He keeps whispering to the pretty ladies, but you can't hear what he's yeah, saying because, yeah. of course, it's a silent movie. Yeah, and of course, because of his look. Oh yeah, he's got know, those. He's got the bulging eyes. Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah blah blah, which is you know the classic yeah. Marty Feldman thing. Oh yeah. well, speaking oh. of whispering, the bit with the the company, the because uh, they had the because um, Engulf and Devour, right? Oh yeah, which yeah, is yeah. Like a parody of Gulf oh, Western. So good that multi, whole big bit. multinational corporations, oh, that's, right? That whole bit but, was so but the good. whole thing where where it's like they're at the meeting mm-hmm. and and the 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 guy is like whisper, whisper, whisper. He's like what? Whisper, whisper, whisper. whisper. What? Your fly is open. But of course, it's all well, in title cards, super caps. So yeah, 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 yeah. God, yeah. So yeah um, uh, Harold Gould as the the yeah. yeah, so good. Yeah, really. Uh, that was, yeah, that was, that was really great. Funny. And when they, they do the whisper down the line, and then the last guy slaps him, and he goes back up and tries to get around him. Gets One of him my every favorite time. jokes is when uh, the like when everything is going bad because he the whole thing because they hire the um, Burnett Peters character. Oh like, yeah, they yeah, hire yeah, the girl to like yeah. to like bring him down. Yeah, and and. And then when like it's revealed that like Vilma, yeah, 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 that she was paid by the company and blah yeah, blah, yeah. and then he like and then he falls he to spy, like he goes back to drinking, goes back again. to drinking again, and they have the thing where he t- he takes the bottle and Murray Feldman like grabs on so that he's like oh like no no we're not gonna you know because yeah. his friends are like no we're not yeah. gonna you, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. do it we, yeah. we're not gonna let you start drinking again and he picks it up and he just picks him up with it mm-hmm. like he just goes straight up as if he's like doesn't weigh anything he's like, oh, Again, and again, then of course, that, like when he's with the other like drugs, and there's just like it's just everywhere. 
They're yeah. just like basically swimming. Yeah. And then, like, like I would say, like, when um, they go, and then when he sobers up, and there's the the coffee cup. Yeah, like, that's the like like a thousand cups of coffee well, three, just yeah. keeps going back. Nope. Yeah. No, no more. No. no. <laughs> sober up. No. no, they do, and it's so like all the guest stars lean into the the stuff so well. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, I mean, like the things like like you know, Burt Reynolds doing this sort of like mirror thing of yeah. checking himself out. And it's like sort of playing into that idea of like, right. oh, the handsome, like, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, or, well, full of himself kind yeah, of, yeah. you know, the, film star. The bit where they're in, in uh, uh, is it, is it Paul Newman's when they're in his caravan and the springs are broke, that axle's broken, and it's rocking back and forth. They're eating the melon balls. I thought, um, was it Paul Newman or was that? Oh, that was James Conn. That was James, James Conn. Right, right. That was James Conn. Because Paul Newman, they do the, the, um, the the wheel the motorized wheelchair the motorized race. Wheel, yeah that right oh yeah <laughs> that's right yeah and because yeah, yeah. uh, because he's yeah because he's like you know into race cars right? yeah 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 because um, yeah, he's in the gear he's in yeah. the getup when they run into yeah, him yeah right? yeah 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 and and it's just like like the the like everybody is so on board yeah which is so great the, well because because uh, the the, talk- the bit where they do the musical number with with Anne Bancroft yeah. there and then right at the end she's doing with uh, she's she's facing off with uh, um, uh, Marty Felvin, yeah. and then he straightens his eyes, and then she makes her eyes oh, go yeah, like his. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Oh, it was so good! It was such yeah. a good." Well, they, um, <laughs> in the book, because in the book he talks about like how, you know, of course in reality, like while they did go and try to like track down all these people and you yeah. know, try and get them to be in the movie, like of course. Like a lot of them, it's like he would approach them because, like, he didn't know these people. Like, he didn't know Paul Newman before. He didn't yeah, know yeah, like yeah. Rounds before. But it was just because of like they would fit the sort of thing of what they were looking yeah, for. That was the role. Yeah, yeah. And but like when he would go to these people, they all knew who he was, of course. And they would all be like, "Oh, that sounds amazing! I would love to be," you know, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. like they they all loved what yeah. he was doing with his yeah. movies, right? Well, because that's he, the whole thing. I mean, that's the whole thing that happens. We'll get, we'll get into that yeah. on the next oh, one too. Anxiety, with anxiety yeah, yeah. because same sort of thing where like he was all nervous about like what's Alfred Hitchcock going to think about me like spoofing his yeah, stuff yeah. and of course Hitchcock loved it because yeah. he was just like he'd already seen a bunch of Mel Brooks's movies and he yeah. thought they were great you know yeah. so you know, yeah. you never know right yeah well because that was but I think, think like in this movie they play that out in that same way because he goes to all these lengths to try and like get and talk to these people and I mean sometimes and was, it takes a bit I mean Burt Reynolds took some convincing <laughs> but, but some like, of the other ones took some they convincing went right because they yeah. took so long yeah. to actually ask like, him ask, ask yeah. there's nothing they, they were trying they the tried approach, to they, yeah. they tried to, it's like they were trying to like yeah, they were yeah. trying to cajole him but yeah. like they didn't need to all you had to do was ask they, yeah, yeah they never yeah. really asked yeah. until yeah it's true it's true but like some of the other ones like James Conn and stuff like that he was just like pretty much right away right away yeah that sounds great yeah yeah well because he's outside he's in his boxing stuff and then he yeah, accidentally yeah. does the like keeps every time he hits them like yeah. he's punching them out yeah, yeah 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 no it's it's these like you can't you can't make a movie like this anymore i know i know it's like kind no of i mean sad, you can but, like, but it would not be it wouldn't play the same way of, no, no it would be like because you don't really it's have... a certain kind of like era of acting and era of filming yeah. that requires well, also, there's a cynicism now that, yeah, like, like if you just put made a movie that was about going around and, like, getting, like, cameos from a bunch of big stars, 
that like, oh, I'm going to go around. It, it would be like, so much more dramatic. It would be so much well, more. Well, people wouldn't be impressed that much because yeah. it would be like, ah, everybody does cameos and everything nowadays. It's like, mm. it's so like expected almost. That... <laughs> I mean, there's your angle for a movie like this yeah. where you're trying to get people to do it yeah. because you think everybody would be into it because everybody does cameos. And for some reason, nobody wants yeah. the cameo. You don't understand why nobody wants it. Don't, doesn't everybody cameo? <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, it, it wouldn't have the same effect as no. like back then when like getting these people to cameo in a movie mm. like this yeah you know what would have been a big deal and it yeah. would have been like like oh I mean, wow like you got just i mean know. convincing people to even in the 70s yeah go see a silent slapstick movie yeah, in the yeah, theater yeah. and but the thing was Mel Brooks named attached to it. Well, and that's the thing. And I think a so lot of it. This also, movie did fantastic. I think a lot of it comes down to I think because Mel was very was and is yeah. like a very modest yeah. kind of person. He's not somebody who's out there being like, "Well, my name's on it, so everyone's gonna love it." It's like he's always kind of second guessing, like, yeah. like, like it has to be good enough, yeah. like to earn, you yeah. know, like, like he, he he never really, or at least the impression that I get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that like he never would? He's definitely not like a full of himself type of mm-hmm. type of person, and you know, quite the contrary. Kind of probably figured like, oh, much like in the movie, he probably figured like the only way people are gonna want to see this is if we get these big stars, right? Yeah, which became the joke. Yeah, right. Uh, but, but like, I but feel like he's that's kind the thing of, because because because. But the, like you say, at the end of the day, people are gonna see the movie for the same reason that those big stars wanted to do the movie yeah. because Mel it is Brooks. Mel Brooks and, yeah. and they have respect for what he does mm-hmm. and they enjoy what he does, yeah. right? But I think he's just too modest to really yeah. accept that, you know, like consciously anyway, yeah. you know? I, I think I think there is a director actually who could get away with with making a movie like this or in this vein. Yeah. Again, the attitude would be different. Yeah. But I think Wes Anderson could do it. It would be it I would mean, be he's done just about everything else. At it this would point. be quirky instead of slapstick. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think like if he did a I mean, you know, I mean, there have been other silent movies that, yeah, that the artist The artist, yeah. Did very, um, very well, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um well the thing with the artist was, I think, you know, from my opinion, like the the artist was just a really great movie that well, happened I, to be a silent film, right? Yeah, I mean it you seems know? like that's and how I, people feel. And I think like that's the sort of the thing with this. This is a really great slapstick comedy yeah. that is also well, it also has the silent film moniker or like yeah. and then and then because it was a silent yeah. film that allowed them to use more on the slapstick well, more like they on could the, have for example like they could have made it into a normal like contemporary movie mm-hmm. and had it be about silent movies yeah, yeah, and they yeah. could have had like maybe bits and pieces mm-hmm. but not done the whole thing as yeah excuse me, as a silent movie in its own right. Yeah. And maybe that would have been more, like, palatable to, like, oh, like, the sensibilities of, like, like just the logic of, yeah, like, yeah. like, like you know, you can't make a silent movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even, like, a couple of years before when he insisted on releasing, uh, on making Young Frankenstein in right. black and white. Right, yeah. Even that was very controversial. Like, like the even, like, studios mm. and stuff were just like, what are you talking about? You can't make a black and white movie. This is the 70s, you know? And, and it's funny how, like, quickly those things kind of, mm-hmm. you know, switch. Because for us, we're like, I mean, that's not that far off of, yeah. like, the era of black and white movies. Yeah. But, like, for them, it was like, no, 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 we've moved we on We don't go back. Yeah. You don't go backwards. Well, right? it was still too soon yeah. to go black and white as artistic choice. 
it was just seen as a like but like, that's exactly what he did yeah exactly yeah you know? yeah and it but, worked yeah you know but i mean and but that's the difference between like creative people yeah. and money people and i think right? that's what they were doing here <laughs> yeah, too was yeah. that the idea was like okay if we're gonna do this we need to commit. Yeah. Like we need to go all the way and actually do this. Cause I, I think like he would have felt that it was a bit wishy-washy to try to yeah. do something halfway, you know, mm-hmm. uh, even though that may have been more acceptable, you yeah. know, to sort of studios yeah. and stuff at the time. Yeah. Right? And I mean, in this movie is fairly like, I think it's like 85%, 82% like down on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty, recently... pretty, pretty well regarded. Made a lot of money in the theater. Uh, yeah. It was like, uh, uh, I think it had like a four million dollar budget, yeah, made like thirty six million, which is, I mean, that's yeah. huge, huge return there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and actually, another thing that's interesting is, um, yeah, eighty one percent. Yeah, eighty one percent. Yeah, I mean, that's still pretty. Because um, uh, another interesting thing is the sort of satirical aspect. Yeah. Because, like, as for example, in on like Wikipedia here, it's got this like par- just you know paragraph about how like. The film features an unflattering portrayal of the film industry. Yeah. Big Picture Studios' front gate sign boasts of the multi-million dollar scope of their films, never mentioning their quality. Mm. The film project is greenlit not on the merits of a script, but solely on the drawing power of the movie stars attached. Yeah. Executives cannot tell good film footage apart from bad, while the current studio chief is one box office bomb away from losing his position. The studio itself is under threat of a takeover by a soulless conglomerate. The movie stars are portrayed as vain figures who flaunt their wealth. The movie-going audience is portrayed as fickle and unpredictable. I mean, I mean, and it's like uh, all of that is true. Villainous in Gulf and Devour is a parody of real life conglomerate Gulf and Western Industries, which had acquired Paramount Pictures at the mm-hmm. time. The film also parodies corporate executives as essentially interchangeable yes men, following the whims of their boss. And uh, so, yeah, like it's a pretty like harsh, nothing's changed from 1976. <laughs> true, but it's also like a pretty harsh satire of oh, the yeah, industry yeah. At, mm-hmm. at a time when that wasn't really being done. Yeah. And he got away with it and made it into just like this funny, ridiculous slapstick movie at the same time and yeah. paid tribute to an older mm-hmm. era of movies all at the same time, you know? So genius. Yeah. I mean, that's Mel yeah. Brooks for you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh, following up on this, yeah. uh, the next year he released High Anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which uh, very different. Oh yeah, I mean much more. Of course, um, a very different color is this. Uh, still, the you know, I mean, still Mel Brooks is hell. Yeah. Um, but uh, not. I mean, it's a it's another satirical film this time, yeah. sat- satirizing the um, psychology psychology care. Yeah. You know, and also specifically spoofing, like. Alfred Hitchcock. It was, yeah. The films of Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock does, yeah. yeah. Um, which is which is a really great like like yeah. it, combining those two ideas. I think is it's really, really smart. interesting, actually. I, I mean, it's definitely a throwback more to the um, like uh, this sort of um, you know with previous films like like Blazing Saddles and mm-hmm. stuff like that, like bringing back Harvey Corman, yeah, um, and uh, Clarice Leachman from from. Uh, yeah, from Young Frankenstein and so, yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah, Malcolm Khan. Um, Malcolm Khan also yeah. from those movies. Yeah. So yeah, to, because well, you know, it was uh, a return. Ron to... Carey, who oh, was in yeah, yeah. in there, he played the he played the, like the the henchman to that's right. In there, yeah. he's now the we know he's now the henchman to yeah, to yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to Mel much. Brooks's character. Yeah, it's like valet. It's also like yeah. interesting because was it, I think it's his driver, it's but the he driver. Gets, yeah, but he just gets kind of like roped along with yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but um. 
what's interesting is is that uh, well, there's a bunch of things interesting about it. Um, oh, uh, oh yeah, I should yeah. probably do the uh, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> the 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 usual. Uh... Yeah, so uh, High Anxiety was written by Mel Brooks, Ron Clark, Reed DeLuca, and Barry Levinson, and directed by Mel Brooks, uh, and was released Christmas December twenty fifth, nineteen seventy seven. Mm-hmm. Christmas release. But yeah, uh, what's interesting I think with this one is that. He had never really intended on being, like, a major actor, mm-hmm. right? Like, he had always intended to be a film, like, a filmmaker first. Well, actually, originally, just a writer. That was all right. he really yeah, ever yeah, cared yeah. about was being a writer. And then he got into directing because of the idea of, like, oh, well, when you're directing, you can kind of shape, you know, the, the final product of, of yeah. what what comes out of your head as a writer, you can kind of decide how it actually gets executed and, you know, gives you more control. Mm -hmm. So he became a director, blah, blah, blah. But he never really considered himself much of a performer Mm -hmm. and didn't intend to be, like, a major actor. And so, like, his first few movies, he either did not appear on screen at all or would just take, like, very small parts to kind of fill out, you know, fill out the cast. And so Silent Movie was actually the first time that he's actually the lead role. Yeah. Which in the context of the movie made sense. Absolutely. You know, but Absolutely. And then taking that but, on again but now. But because and... of the nature of it being mm-hmm. like a silent film, blah, blah, it was a different kind of mm-hmm. acting, a different kind of... And so this movie with, with High Anxiety, it's like this is the first time like, oh, he's lead role and a conventional, normal like Director. performance with, you know, full dialogue and yeah. everything, right? So very different. And um, it's also, like, amazingly, like, while there is jokes and Mm -hmm. some pretty kind of funny, like, silly stuff, Mm -hmm. it's very restrained compared to, like, what you typically expect from a Mel Brooks movie. And it's funny because it it actually ended up getting somewhat mixed reviews when it came out because a lot of people found that, like, Hitchcock movies are already pretty funny yeah like Hitchcock is a funny yeah uh filmmaker it's a dark humor but it's still it's, there. it's a darker humor but it's still like very you know mm. there's a wit and, yes. and a humor it's that to Hitchcock of, movies yeah. yeah and so a lot of people felt that there wasn't enough of a contrast like it just felt like well we already get what Mel Brooks is doing we already get that in normal Hitchcock movies. yeah yeah, like yeah he's yeah. barely up he's, he's not, not up in the ante he's not upping the ante that much in terms of like the the comedy yeah. like usually in this when you're spoofing something, the comedy comes from the fact that you're taking something that was done seriously yeah. and you're making it funny, right? And so, like, because of that... How come we never of... see spoofs the other way? You take a funny movie and you make, make it... serious? It... Yeah, well, yeah, because I think... Maybe most... that doesn't work? I don't think that would work as well. I think people would just be like, I, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is this? This is this is nothing. I mean, it, it can work in a bit. Like, I, I've, I've actually thought about that, like, that it would be funny sometimes to just see something where it was, everything was, I mean, you know, you, you can do that in terms of like playing it straight, but it's still Mm -hmm. the comedy, like, like making it actually serious wouldn't really work. I don't think because comedy is comedy. Yeah. yeah. If you make it actually serious, then it's no longer comedy. comedy, And could you tell the difference? Yeah. yeah. I don't think you can dramatically spoof comedy. I don't think that works. Um, but you can do like you know like the airplane thing oh, where yeah. you could just have the actors play everything straight, straight yes, as if yeah. it were serious. Mm-hmm. But obviously the comedy comes from. I mean, 
Oh, yeah. th- there's the thing is this movie has a lot of that where yeah. like the actors are it, playing. It is there, the, but the actors do play a lot of stuff. It's just straight. so, especially like Mel Brooks's character. Yeah, he plays a lot of it straight. It's like, just almost you know. too subtle to yeah. the fact of like where it's almost not funny anymore. I mean, it is still funny. I yeah. liked this. Well, movie. it's not that it's up. It's no more funny yeah. than the thing it's already spoken. Spir- exactly, it's spir- and that yeah. was sort of the issue. Yeah. I, now, I mean, I liked it. I still yeah. really enjoyed it. It has some great moments. I think possibly also watching these two movies back to back or close well, yeah, together. Very different. One is so extreme but it's crazy to think that they were so close together too you know well because prior to watching these a a month or two ago i had just watched the follow-up to these two films which came out in 81 uh which was history of the world part one right which also mel brooks and yeah a good totally different thing again right and uh, being sort of an anthology it is an anthology um but it is much more because it's it's anth- yeah it's an anthology it's got that also very segmented senior scenes yeah. and stuff like that um sort of sketch based sketch based yeah it it um it it leans uh, like a quite a bit harder more into that kind of like sketch comedy which is uh, again like yeah. a, like a whole other kind well, of kind comedy of sets from what up is. for like that next phase of well, Spaceballs was career came after that. It was like all that yeah. very like just nonstop jokes. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this one was yeah because it this one's such a different feel to it, and it wasn't. It took me a while to like. I mean, I really liked. It took me a while to get into it. I mean, I really liked it in terms of, like, I thought the plot was really clever. Uh, like, the idea of this, like, mm-hmm. a, basically an asylum yeah. where they're, like, intentionally basically keeping people crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. to make well, money off of them. Harvey Corman yeah. um, uh, does, like, like... I'm a nefarious bad guy, oh, yeah. but I'm also totally incompetent. Oh, yeah. Like, so he's the best. Well. He's so... Yeah, he, I mean, he it's just, straight out of... I mean, that's... Blazing Saddles yeah, is yeah, like yeah, that exact... Yeah, exactly, yeah. Basically, yeah, that's what it is. He's got that stupid little mustache, yeah, yeah. and he's just like, yeah. I- I'm just here to do nefarious things. Oh, it's great. Poorly. Oh, it's great. Well, I mean, you f- yeah, as the movie goes on, of course, you find out that it's uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. nurse who's yeah, actually... Clarence yeah. Lucian's character, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nurse Diesel. Yeah, yeah. yeah who's really... Um, More in control. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they have that whole, like... BDSM relationship. Again, that is... That's a that's a bit of humor that... That Harvey Corman, like, I've seen so many roles with Harvey Corman leaning on the BDSM humor, <laughs> like sexual relationship. I'm just like, that can't be a coincidence that like <laughs> his on film persona leans uh, onto it so I don't hard. Know about that, that, but you know, like I don't want to say anything. Yeah, but I'm it, not gonna Google like, Harvey Corman BDSM. BDSM. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I, uh, I don't want to know look, any more than I look. Do. That mustache looks good on him, but that's yeah. about him. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's so good. Yeah. Um, and then of course the whole angle with like, oh, we'll introduce you to like oh this like guy, the, oh the 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 doctor who's sick, but it, like. Oh, it's not him. Like they, yeah. they, they, they said about the guy who thinks he's a dog. Yeah. And and it's like not even the right guy. Um well, because that's that's um uh what's her name? It, yeah, yeah, is yeah. uh uh the daughter. Yeah, Madeline Kahn plays the daughter of Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um The Oh, that was the other thing about watching this movie, because I was like I was like uh I was like it was it's just like, like like what happened with Madeline Kahn? Like like she stopped being in move. I had forgotten that she yeah. passed away, like in the late oh, '90s. Only fifty-seven. Yeah, she was yeah. quite. 
I mean, not young, young, but still quite young yeah. and young cancer. And I was just like, oh, right. Yeah, that's why she stopped being in movies. Yeah, Oh, that's a Because you don't expect, because you're just like, oh, like the age she is here now. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, she could yeah. totally still be around, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, she was in, I mean, it's like, oh, outside of like, uh, gone for, I like, mean, she was in so much stuff. Years, and like, I mean, so much Mel Brooks stuff. I mean, yeah, outside yeah. like, Spaceballs. Well, I mean, all and, these, like, all these. Yeah, I like, think Spaceballs so, is one of the few that she wasn't. So in, many yeah. of these people. Oh were, yeah, they, were in. It was like, at a that stable of, of people. Yeah, I mean, it yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. became like an unofficial. Ron Carey yeah, and, like an unofficial troop kind yeah, of. Yeah. With yeah. yeah, the um the 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 bellboy. Oh, at the hotel. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So good, but, so good. So that bellboy is uh, Barry Levinson, mm-hmm. who yeah. co-wrote the the was the, one of the co-writers. Barry Levinson went on to be a huge, huge director mm-hmm. and yeah. and 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 you know writer filmmaker, yeah. right? Like, I mean, Barry Levinson is like massive. Like, people yeah. would know so much of the stuff he's done. I mm-hmm. mean, like. I mean, I can't even start to, you know, um, I mean, what would be like, yeah, Good Morning Vietnam, yeah. uh, Rain Man, a um, lot of um, TV, like, producing, like, um, uh, well, I think he was involved in, because uh, he's kind of, his background is with, um, big with, um, like, Baltimore, uh, Homicide Life on the Street. That's, yeah, He's yeah, big, yeah. like, executive producer on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he did the um, Men in Black, maybe? First Men in first Black? One, I, think I think he did the first Men in Black, yeah. Yeah, I might be thinking of somebody else. Might be thinking of somebody else. Mm. But yeah, oh, yeah, Young Sherlock Holmes. Mm, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not him that did Men in Black. Oh, it's no. somebody like that. But oh, anyways, yeah. A lot of big, big stuff, right? Toys. Yeah, Diner. That was like his debut, right, right, right. Film, which is was big. You know, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff with um, uh, what's this? Um, Ron Williams. A lot of Ron Williams stuff. Uh, but anyways, yeah, and uh, but yeah, uh, Men in Black is Barry Sonnenfeld. Ah, see, it's another Barry. That's yeah. what I was yeah. thinking. Too many berries. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I knew it wasn't right, but it was like my brain was kind of like. Yeah. I'm making these connections. Yeah. Where are these connections coming from? Anyways, um, but I knew the homicide thing because yeah. I love that show. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, he plays the bellboy. The bellboy. Um, actually, like all of the writers play like various because, characters. Um, yeah, it, it, because it's um, yeah the the assassin Rudy DeLuca, who was yes. one of the writers, yes. was the assassin braces yeah. and Ron. That's Cl- right. I want. I want to kill him. Let me kill him. Yeah. <laughs> Every and, phone call. And, in that uh, Ron Clark was the other writer. Uh, he played Zachary Cartwright, a patient believed to be deranged. Oh, yeah. I think that was the one um, it, when when the when Mel Brooks first meets with oh and and there's like the the one who's the, the patient who's just like oh yeah no I'm doing fine now everything's good yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and then he's like making him he, he, oh he, he got the pretty, pain in his neck yeah yeah and he flicks yeah, him with the yeah, things yeah, yeah. yeah I'm pretty sure that was him I yeah. I'm, I'm not a hundred never seen sure, a man but, to like like lose control so quickly yeah yeah yeah. yeah. But anyways, yeah. yeah. But the the whole thing with the the bellboy and how that escalates to the exact recreation of the psycho. Yeah. Uh, a shower scene, yeah. but it's the with the newspaper. Yeah, just because he keeps bugging him. Got your paper. Here's your paper. Here's your paper. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it just keeps going on and on because he just keeps like, yeah. don't forget my paper. Yeah, yeah. And then, and, and like, then the, well, because he goes to the front desk, and the guy working the front desk is like, 
the guy's like the worst yeah. pickle boy. And then the ink <laughs> coming from the paper. Yeah, yeah. It's the supposed train, to be like, the, like blood. the blood in yeah. the, for the shower scene. Oh, yeah. So perfect. Very good. Yeah. So perfect. You know. Again, like that's like you know, like some of the like I don't want to say hit and miss, but like some things that hit harder as parody of. Yeah. Yeah. Of, yeah. Um, yeah. Versus things it, that are like, and I mean, it's, there's I something think, to be I said. think it's the more ob, um, the not obtuse. What's the opposite of obtuse? Like, like obvious. obvious yeah, guess? like the more obvious ones, yeah. like where they they're really like we're pitting like the, the birds, nail, like the birds thing, like all of that, <laughs> just poop it all over. On yeah, like the stuff where they're like really like apparently in the showing that like like really like wearing the reference on its sleeve is the stuff that hits better in, than than the more subtle things. In the book, he talks about how like. There was, because there was obviously some real birds. Yeah. Like oh, and on some... set and stuff. And some, and you know, obviously there's like special effects. Uh-huh. But like he said, he mentioned like, you know, there, there was some real, there was some real crap. In, oh like, yeah. Because yeah, sure. oh, there yeah, was sure. actual, sure, some sure, actual sure, birds. Sure, sure. Not as much as, you know, the joke. Obviously. But like, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, because yeah. there was actual birds there. Yeah. Um, I love when he runs into the building, yeah. and then just and then it just keeps going, yeah. and he looks up, and there's no roof. roof. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a, it's just an on. There's no awning on the. Yeah, yeah. so good. But, I mean, it's it's one of those like it gets you right up even to the end when like and then when you think going, at well, the end when you think they're like about to be foiled by Nurse Diesel. Yeah, and then she just nope. Yeah. She's gone. Well, because they had to do the the, well, the, the falling, the falling scene, like yeah, yeah, their yeah, parody yeah. of the falling. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But then but, she, but then she, witches away on the yeah. on the broomstick. Well, my favorite was um, when they he's going to the hotel, and and they're like they're like yep yeah, like seventeenth floor. Yeah, he's like that's no, it's not I supposed requested to be something on that. close to the ground, no higher than third. <laughs> and then they keep like. Well, Ron Carey's like, we sure are high up. Yeah. sure is, yeah. Wow, 74. Look at this really, view. Look at this view. It's and they just the keep, wall. like, needling it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so funny. Yeah, because the high anxiety is his fear of heights. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, well, he goes and sees the, the psychologist there. Um, well, it's like the combination of, because that was the thing, is, is that the joke has always been in, like, Vertigo. Like, it's not actually about Vertigo, yeah. right? Like, it's about, like... Uh, acrophobia, Acro- like yeah, being of heights, side. right? Yeah, yeah. That's like the fear of heights one. Oh, right, that's right, right, that's right, right. Not, acrophobia. not agoraphobia. Agoraphobia. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like uh, uh, acrophobia is like the fear of heights, and and so like there's always been. It's like calling. It's like how like the song ironic. Nothing in that song is actually, ironic. Like, ironic yeah. Examples of irony. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's like the movie is Vertigo, but it's not actually about Vertigo. It's about ac- yeah. you know acrophobia, and so like the joke was that. High anxiety was like a combination of vertigo and acrophobia. You know, it was just this like nebulous thing of just like, like, what is he suffering from? High anxiety. Anxiety. It's just, Just it's funny because in the book, Mel Brooks talks about how like that became a thing that people reference like in the normal world without even knowing where it Mm. comes from. Like people just talk about like, oh, like, like this real high anxiety, this high anxiety is a thing. And he's like, it's not a thing. Like I literally just made it up. Like it was never an actual, you know? Yeah. And, and, and yeah, just how it's like taken on a life of its own. Uh, I mean, obviously anxiety exists, but like, but this concept of like this nebulous kind of like high anxiety. Oh no, it's this terror, you know, yeah. this hor- horrible affliction. And it's like, yeah. like that's, he just made that up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, uh. It's, it's, yeah. It's but yeah, I feel good. like with this one, it's almost like I kind of appreciate like the more restrained subtleness to some degree, but at the same time, it's not going to have the same level of like, like 
just full out guffaw, you yeah. know, belly laughs because yeah. it doesn't have that same kind mm-hmm. of just like like surprise you with its like ridiculous humor. Mm-hmm. It's it's more subtle. Mm-hmm. It's more of a real story. You know, so it's yeah. like there's less of a Yeah, yeah, it's it is it is in that way where I mean, it it's it definitely veer, some highlights. Veers a bit when away he, when from he's on the, the like, phone with her, the phone booth, and the guy, the assassin's trying to I'll kill get him. him. He's like, and then she thinks it's like this, like dirty, dirty. phone call. Yeah. Well, because at first she's like, "Oh, it's you calling again. <laughs> oh, you're dirty." And, and then, then she, like she's, she's, she's like, actually like kind of gets into, into it, it, and, into it, it yeah. and then he's like, "It's me." It's and then he like inadvertently manages to kill the assassin. He's yeah. just like, "Oh, it's me." It's blah blah blah. And she's like, "Oh yeah, I, I do." He's like, "So funny." Yeah, yeah, I'd forgotten about that bit. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's it's so good. Yeah, the whole bit with like the assassin having like the the mask that looks exactly, exactly like, like his him. face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you know, he's like, it's on that. No, you gotta, you gotta like, oh, like, blow up the picture, picture and he keeps blowing to show it up. that he's in there. <laughs> he's got like a ten foot by ten foot blown up for to show that like, oh no, look, he was in the elevator yeah, the at the whole, time of the murder. And then like when you finally blow it up, you see he's in the elevator, freaked out because he gets freaked out by heights. So he's in the elevator, just like yeah, yeah. having an episode. Classic, yeah. the, the, yeah. the 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 clear. But he, but he's got the magnifying glass on every one of them. The magnifying, yeah. <laughs> it's like life size version. He's still got the magnifying glass. Yeah, no, yeah. No. I mean, it's, it's, it's there was definitely some it highlights. Is, it yeah. is actually it's kind of interesting because it is, and I guess maybe because of the you know again he's because he's doing the the spoof on the the yeah the Hitchcock stuff yeah. But it is much more of a which by the way Hitchcock was still alive when this came out. That's right, and yeah, he yeah. loved it. Yeah, yeah. He actually uh, something I didn't know until until um the until Mel's book is. Um, he actually went to Hitchcock like oh, asked permission to yeah. like kind of make sure like would you be all right with this you know because yeah. he didn't know him but he was just like he wanted to make sure again, that he again, wouldn't be Hitchcock a- knew him yeah Hitchcock knew him he <laughs> may want to make sure he wouldn't be offended and Hitchcock not only didn't mind the idea of him making the movie yeah. he like worked with him and helped him out to like give him advice on like how to go about certain things were, yeah and they used like the same like it's the 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 like matte painting guy oh, was right, the same right. guy that did like oh, really? Hitchcock's movies wow. so those really fancy like when yeah. they show like the asylum on the edge of the right. you know all, the, all these like really a, huge that's cool that's yeah cool. like that's yeah, that yeah. was the actual you know well don't they do a matte painting joke though in this movie too about they might have I might have uh, missed did, it am, yeah I think they do some joke about the matte painting about about they, matte they painting quite well yeah. may have like they, uh, they, they they draw attention to it in a way yeah. that is just like they may have I, like, I don't recall that <laughs> yeah. stand out but, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, and so like Hitchcock actually gave him advice on like how to sort of like do certain things that would you know to, to work better, uh, mm-hmm. where you know fit more to to his style. And then uh, when they had like the premiere, mm-hmm. like he was actually like there, like like Hitchcock saw the movie with like Mel sitting, like Mel was sitting like right next to him, and he was That's, super nervous because he yeah. was just like, "What's he gonna think of it?" And uh, apparently, like at the time that they did it. They didn't. He didn't say anything, mm. and so it wasn't until like after he like sent him like a gift or something, and like with like some really nice note, uh, and just saying how yeah. much he liked it. But but he didn't say anything at the time, and so Mel was like super nervous, yeah. like, oh, what, what <laughs> did we think of the movie? Oh, no, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it is such a. It's also like compared to like the previous movies he did done at this point. It is a very. It's a mix of humors. Yeah. Uh, rather than just like kind of picking a humor genre and going with it. You know, it's got spoof humor, it's got slapstick, it's got physical and, you know, like, some of the more subtler, for Mel, for Mel Brooks movie anyway, su- subtler comedy um, that that uh, that he's done. 
And so I, I think that may be one of the other reasons maybe it didn't like land quite as well because I mean it's, it's still it, close. Know. Like oh yeah, like yeah. it was a bit. It got somewhat mixed reviews. And it's not, still like not bad. It still did when it came fine, out. It still you know. did well. It still did yeah. almost as good as as the previous movie. Yeah. Uh, and it still has even today. It still has seventy three percent. So I yeah, mean, it's yeah, not like it's yeah. that far off. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, that didn't, didn't realize that. At the time, the the Hyatt Regency Hotel, which was like the big hotel, yeah. that they filmed that with the the huge atrium lobby. Oh right, uh, it was like brand new at the time. Oh so wow, that's so why it was so like yeah, that was like, a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, like uh, for example, it notes here, uh, Brooks took great pains to not only parody Hitchcock films but also emulate the look and style of his pictures. Mm-hmm. In an interview, he said, "I watched the kind of film we're making." Uh, with the director of photography, so he knows not to be frivolous. He's got to get the real lighting, the real texture. For ha- high anxiety, it was, what is a Hitchcock film? What does it look like? What does it feel like? How does he light them? How long is the scene? What is the cutting? When does he bring things to a boil? We just watch everything. <laughs> and, like, yeah. fair enough. Like, yep. that, like that's the thing, is, is like, it has the authentic feel mm-hmm. while being also being a Mel Brooks comedy. Like, and I think that that was a very important thing. Um, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, because, I mean, that's a big part of doing spoof films that I think has, and maybe this is just why spoof films just don't get done as much anymore, is the, when you spoof something, you're not, you're not making fun of it. You're, I mean, you are, but like, not, you're not like, it's not in like a cruel way. You're not, you're not putting it down. When you make fun of it, you're, yeah. you're just, you're drawing on elements of it that would not normally be considered comedy or, uh, or, or even, or, or like the things that people would necessarily be like, this isn't an element of that thing. Yeah. But then you exaggerate that thing, which of course then causes, changes the tone of the rest of it and then it's so important to make sure that when you do that you do, you're that you still understand what it is you're spoofing because there's the, so many like sort of the I want to say like the post 2000 spoofs if you can call them that yeah. um are like they just feel like uh like we're, they're just making reference to a thing without having the the yeah. you know again again, again good sp- spoof it's like my my new my new my new term. It, it's like it's very vibe based, yeah. right? Like it's if you're not hitting the same vibe as the thing you're spoofing, mm-hmm. then all you're doing is making fun of something. Yeah, yeah, or or or, or even yeah. worse than and, that. And like because sometimes making fun of something that's like already maybe considered like right, you know, like making fun of like '80s action movies. Well, we already knew they were ridiculous, so making fun of them is just it's. But even it's, still, if you can make it so that it has the feel, yeah, yeah, while also at the same time spoofing it, like yeah. that's obviously going to yeah. be better, you know. Right? And that was always the Mel Brooks approach was yeah. always that, yeah, like do the homework, yes, and yeah. try and make the movie actually feel like. Yeah. The ones that you're spoofing, yeah. but just the spoof yeah. version of it. Yeah, you know? it, a, a spoof is not 90 minutes of pop culture references, yeah. which is like what has just become that thing. Yeah. Um, and it's it's very it's sad. In fact, in that's fact, why I don't watch pop any culture of that references are like well, it's so mainstream. It's like everybody well, it's also everybody so does that. But now. it's also so who cares? It's I'm mean, this is going to sound probably like necessarily cruel, but it's like pointless. Yeah, because like. <laughs> 
You're moving yeah. beyond because either people get it, in which case, yeah. yay, but, or they don't, in which case. But even what if was the like point? like you watch a movie with a lot of pop culture references, like five years later, yeah, people who understand where those references come from, but you're not in that frame of mind anymore. You're yeah. not you're, you're not living in that no. world anymore, and so it's now they've become. They date themselves so quickly. That being said, I mean, there are times where it works. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, there no, are times where there's stuff where I definitely appreciate sure, sure. certain types of culture, you know. pop culture references. Yeah, no, no. Like, it, it absolutely it, can be done. It totally right. can work. Um, it's, it is, it just, it often feels like in more, in more modern films, it's the lazy, yeah. you know, like, it's, it's all in how it's done. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it'd be, the, you know, the like, you know, like to pull a movie like I guess like Deadpool, mm-hmm. that it makes a lot of pop culture references, but they make sense in context. So not just thrown in there for like, oh, we needed a punchline. Well, this thing fits the bill. Right. It's more like like no, it's because the character in the movie actually it's yeah. relevant to them kind of thing. And in this movie, uh, and in High Anxiety, the the Hitchcock angle of everything means, of course, that like your reference point is in the seventies, hmm. so well known. Mm-hmm. You know, so like everybody watches Hitchcock films yeah, at that yeah, time period. Yeah. You know, like and like it, I said, I mean, it's it's easy to forget Hitchcock was still alive. At this and, well, point. that's it. So yeah, like yeah. he still had another like movie or two to come. Yeah, out. And so it wasn't like it was a thing of the past. It like it's not like like watching it now. Yeah, like, well, you know, I was. It know, seems very. I mean, retro. I was. It seems know, very retro. Yeah, yeah. It seems very retro. But also, I've watched enough Hitchcock. Yeah. To know. Oh yeah, know, for sure. sure. Like, if you haven't seen any Hitchcock movies, yeah. This movie lands a lot differently. Well, yeah, because it would be... You it's just really kind of get. like a, an odd comedy with a bunch of reference points you don't meet. Yeah. Or don't, don't understand. Yeah, because, I mean, you it know. hits up certain things very specifically, like It's not like, the it's not like scene in, in, or in, the like, silent movie. Scene or... It's not like, yeah, it's not like in silent movie oh, yeah. where, like, even if you don't watch any silent films, no. like, slapstick comedy can just land if you're into it. I think the issue with it, silent right? movie at this point would be just the fact that I think a lot of audiences today wouldn't know really who those the big stars right, are right, that much right. so the fact that they're making a big deal of putting these big stars in these cameos <laughs> would be kind of lost it's Mel Brooks and two dead guys yeah. it's like oh it no be, it would be a bit lost on a lot of people now that they wouldn't now I gotta double check wait is Dom Delaware's dead uh, <laughs> he might still be alive he might be cause um, Martin Feldman's another unfortunately died young yeah yeah but Dom Delaware's might yeah might uh, no he died in 2009 Nine, okay. Nine. But, I mean, old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and I mean, basically all of those, like, all those, like, the guest stars are basically mm-hmm. dead, right? Burt Rounds is gone. Paul Newman's gone. Yeah. Liza Minnelli's gone. Yeah. Now, all those people, yeah. But, I mean, again, those people were all, a large yeah. portion of those people were all middle age. Oh, wait, wait, in wait, 19- wait, wait, wait. No, Liza Minnelli's not. Liza Minnelli's still alive. Still yes. alive. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. It's remember it's my Minnelli and Shirley MacLaine will not die, right? Right. Um, Shirley MacLaine's like 175 years old, and she's like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm still gonna be in." Sh- yeah, <laughs> I'm cool with that. Yeah, no, um, no. I was I was thinking of um, her mother was Judy Garland, and Judy Garland died young. Yes, that's yeah. what I was thinking. That's why I got mixed up there. Yeah. Yo, Harvey Corman died recently too, 2008. 
around the same time. But again, all those, a lot of those guys, all from the same era, yeah, yeah. all around the I mean, same. Only age. Mel. Yeah, only Mel because he's <laughs> always, ninety-six years old. Continues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a bit I mean, like a lot of those guys I think were. It, I think about that a lot. How basically like it must be strange for him, and I mean he doesn't address it a ton, like even in the book, mm. a little bit. But obviously, it's kind of a bummer. You don't really want to dwell on it when you're trying to make something that's sure, sure. meant to make people laugh and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But, like, he does address it a tiny bit. But, like, just this whole thing of, like, how, like, pretty much, like, everybody he's worked with and and fr- his friends, his loved ones, like, his wife. Yeah. Obviously, all gone. Yeah. And he just continues. And it's, mm. like, I mean, he, he obviously loves being alive. He has no intention yeah, yeah, yeah. of dying any sooner than he has to. Yeah. It's not... But at the same like, time... Like, yeah, like, he, he went through a... Do per- you really want to be last man standing? He went through a rough time, like, when his when, when Anne Bancroft, was, yeah. when his wife died. Yeah. Like, he went through a really rough time then because they yeah. were, like, inseparable. I yeah. mean, they were such a thing. Yeah. And, you know, he struggled, but, like, he had other people, mm-hmm. you know, friends and stuff like that, loved ones at that time that that pulled him through and work yeah. helped pull him through. Yeah. And, um, you know, so, cause that was when he kind of went into the whole focusing on like the Broadway stuff and yeah. doing all the musicals and everything. Right. Um, and it's, but like, you, you know, he's dealt with it as best as he could. And, and I mean, he's certainly not one of these kind of like, like, Oh, yeah. But at the same time, like, it just must be tough. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, he, all, oh, everyone he's known, you know. There's a bit of, bit of, well, bit of sorrow there. everyone he's known that's, like, obviously yeah. younger, but, like, everyone from, All like, the people early, he used to work with. Early in his yeah. life, people from 40, 50, 60, mm-hmm. 70 years ago yeah. that, you know, were, were, and they're all gone, and he just continues, you know? Yeah, I <laughs> know, yeah, it's a bit... It's a bit, uh, you know, and then someday we're gonna have to, you know, deal with him being gone. But yeah. who knows when that'll be? You know, I mean, I'm sure he's probably gonna be one of those people that makes it past a hundred. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. he seems to be still doing really well, mm-hmm. and uh, he's 97, I think, now this year. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I think he's 96 so, right now. So that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, but uh, good on him. Good yeah. on him. Well, for sure. Yeah. But. You know, like I said, it just must be a little bit weird because when you think about you go you go back and look at his movies and you're just like, oh, like ninety nine percent of these people are gone. Yeah, and Mel just keeps going. Well, it's always crazy to think like these movies. Like, okay, uh, Simon movie was seventy six. Yeah, High Anxiety was seventy seven. That's like forty five, going on fifty years ago. Yeah, like, but over forty years ago, yeah, these yeah. movies are from. Yeah, so it's like you think about it, you're like. Like, that's so long. Like, that's, like, basically, like, our lifetimes. That's, yeah. you know, like, half of a, you know, over But he was mid-40s when oh, those... more than that. No, yeah, he was mid-50s. Like, he yeah. was, like, in his 50s. That's right. Yeah, yeah, But we so. look back in those movies and we're like, look how young Mel Brooks was. Yeah, yeah. This was young Mel Brooks. Yeah, it's yeah. like he was 50. Yeah, yeah. You know, or, or even past that. Well, know? that was one of the things... This, but, like, when this we came see up... him at that age, because he ages so well and because he's yeah. obviously so long-lived... Now we see him and he's like 96 and we're like, wow, it's amazing. Mel Brooks is alive yeah. at 96. But like, it's it's easy to forget. Like, oh yeah, like 45 years ago, he was like, yeah. you know, already 50. Yeah. But that's like young Mel Brooks to mm-hmm. us, you know? Yeah. Like in the 80s, I mean, that was something- in like the 80s when we were like, probably the first movies that we would have seen when we were kids of his would have been like 80s stuff, mm-hmm. like 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 uh, Spaceballs, things like right. that. Yeah, and oh, absolutely. Like, and Space it's like you look at Spaceballs, the... and even then you're just like, oh look, young Mel Brooks. Yeah. He's like sixty. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Like, uh, but 
it just well he had an energy to him right you know it's so, crazy or has an energy yeah to him, yeah I guess. It's, <laughs> count him out already oh no uh, he yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. still has it yeah not yeah. to the same degree but yeah. it's he still has it to his uh, well because that was something more I, than I, the average 96 uh, year old that's for sure lauren commented on was like how like he always whenever he stars in a movie yeah the female casting because oh. he always casts like half his age right. across but from, like but like that's also like I mean, yes, there has been a lot of. I mean, like, that's part of it is just like it's a Hollywood thing. It's a well, it's a Hollywood thing. It's it's uh, part of it. It is like there's a comedy to that because like Mel Brooks has never been under any illusion that like he's like an amazingly attractive oh, leading no, role man. Like so a, like yeah, him casting himself type. across from like like a lot of the beautiful women that he is that he casts yeah. himself across is like there's a comedy in that alone, right? Sure. Like any, among anything else, um, and it also there's a you know like the uh, like, the, the 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 you think of when these movies came out seventies yeah. and stuff like that having you know you know buxom female lead low cut line yeah. parading around like that was often a comedy trope right of the time too so it wasn't like it was uh, um, it wasn't in, like an unheard of thing but it is always funny how he goes and and uh, and Laura Covenant she was like does he just always cast like like himself against you know, like, well, and it's like, and it's like, yes, but also like, that's, I mean, the, yeah, again, that's of, sort of the joke. It's part right? of the joke, the joke for right? sure. You it's know, definitely like, part of the joke. You know. Also, he's looking for people that are going to fit the yeah. bill of like the type of, you yeah. know, what he's sort of doing, you know. Well, um, that's why, uh, uh, what's her name was so great. Oh, uh, she, uh, Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn. Because she could flow effortlessly between you know voluptuous yeah, like yeah. Se- to like oh did she need to be like like mean or yeah. like a hard and, and she could fair. just she could just back and forth well i think of her like how she's in like clue yeah and then like something like it just, she's such oh, a great amazing. actress but, like but, in that be, but also it should be said like while yes there's yeah. obviously you know because talking about like how mel is like 50 yeah at this point like there is an age difference I mean, she was like thirty-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't that. It wasn't, so it's yeah, not like yeah. she was some like no. Robin the Cradle no, starlet, no, like no. like like where he's taking advantage of like no. a tw- some twenty-year-old or something. No, no, like she was no. thirty-five, yeah. and his wife, like Anne Bancroft, who's his wife. Yeah, Anne Bancroft was only like five years younger than him. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I mean, like he definitely. It's not that he went after like young. No, 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 or no. anything. Like no. it was never a thing like that. It was just the finding the right people for the roles, and you know, in yeah. movies, it's like it. Look. In movies, everybody oh, yeah. is going to be all over the place, yeah, yeah. relatively young and attractive, mm. unless there's a specific reason for them not to be. Yeah, you know, like, you know, like, like you, you bring in somebody like Marty Feldman because he looks like Marty Feldman and he's funny, but like you're not casting Marty you Feldman know, as the and, romantic lead. And that sort of thing, lead, and that know? is something like that has really only been recently addressed in uh, film, like the, you know, the stuff we're talking about, like Jurassic Park. And like how much older yeah. Sam Neill was right. then, and then just like at the time, like because they played characters it of similar, seem it didn't that seem. And then when you and find even out, they felt that way because yeah. it was so normal. Yeah, and because like at the time they just a, didn't even really think, think about, about it. it. But now they're like, Ooh. they're all like, huh? Right. Like Sam Neill's always like, I was, I was old then. Now, yeah, you know, like that's kind of weird. Know, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and it is one of the, and it's I do, and this is something we've seen a lot, and this is, I mean, I. Television far more infringing on this than than movies have been 
for sure, but on the like it doesn't help twenty five year olds playing fifteen year old yeah. kind of problem, you know. But then you actually have one actor who is a fifteen year old playing a fifteen year old, and then stuff starts getting weird. It doesn't, happen, it doesn't exactly help where we live in a world where uh, I'm sure you must have heard the other day. 83-year-old Al Pacino's 29-year-old oh, girlfriend is sure. pregnant with his child right now. I mean... Now. It, like, seriously? It feels dude, so dude looks par like, for the course. All, all respect to Al Pacino as an actor, but dude looks like the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> it does look like he the, looks like the freaking Crypt Keeper. Yeah. Why is he with a 29-year-old who's having his freaking baby? Cha-ching, cha-ching, well, cha-ching. yes, okay. I know why from her end, but like... Yeah, and... I just you don't know. get it. Yeah. And I'm somebody who's very, like, I tend to be, hey. like, a lot of people are really harsh on that whole, like, age difference thing. Uh, hey, like, whatever. If, if you're both adults, adults yeah. it's like, I've always tried to be very, like, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's none yeah, of my yeah. business. You know, it's not that yeah, big of a deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, you'll that's love who you, you'll love. Yeah. I feel like that's pushing it. <laughs> yeah. That's freaking pushing it. That's, Come on. Uh, that's because, like, what would you have in common? Like, yeah. what would you even, what would your reference point be? M- money. Yeah, I mean, his, his oldest child is older. Yeah, he's yeah. like four years older than yeah. his girlfriend. Yeah, Ugh. it's it's you know. Anyways, um, moving on. Yeah, maybe it's a thing when you get really old and really rich and you look like the crib keeper. <laughs> well, I think sorry, that's, Al. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. So uh, that's two Mel Brooks movies. Probably not the last time we'll we'll be hitting a, a Mel Brooks movie. Uh, yeah, he's he did a few. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's a couple other ones that I'm kind of interested. Like, hmm, might yeah, be, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, we're doing, you know, maybe uh, a maybe a top five Mel Brooks. The top five Mel Brooks might be. I feel a, like he's um, probably made enough movies that. For sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, both those uh, easily watched in various places due to yeah. their age and you know popularity. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so uh, that's it for this week. Yep. We will be back next week. Yep. We are hitting up. It is going to be uh, our decade film. Oh. So it's our 1983 film. Yeah, yeah. And we're so we're fun. The, the whole reason, the, the whole reason we started the whole reason this. we started the decade thing. Yeah. Um, local hero. We're going to be doing local hero from yeah. uh, 1983. Yeah. Which is uh, going to be really interesting because yeah. I've all I've ever heard was just like really good things, but not really much specific. So I still know like next to nothing. Yeah, I mean, either. I know about zero it, about so. it, other than just it came I, out in 19. It was highly That's recommended, and the reason that I know about it at all is because oh god, what's his name from Dire Straits? Oh, okay. The main guy from Dire Straits. Yeah, Mr. Dire Straits. Uh, yeah. Did the music for it? Oh, okay. Sure. And I've always heard about Mark Knopfler. That's the okay. name. And I've always heard of it in that context because I guess like the main theme from it was like actually like a sort of a big hit. Like mm-hmm. it was like a very popular tune, if you will. Oh yeah. And. I have no idea what it sounds like. I, I, I'm sure I've probably heard it in some, you know, best of or something, but, like, I don't know what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see the movie and see what that's all about because, uh, yeah, I've just heard really good things and it's been highly recommended, but I don't know really anything specific about it. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll be back next week. Until yeah. then, I'm Chris. And this is that. Cheers. Bye-bye.